and no life on tenors. <laughs> that was a very creative introduction. Yes, it was. Um, welcome back, welcome back. Feels like I just was talking to you guys. We are always very, very happy to know that you are out there. Um, so today, oh my goodness, audience, I'm going to say something here. And I I can only imagine what your response is. I, I believe like 90% of our audience is going to agree with me. Does it seem like every child has been diagnosed with ADHD? Because in my mind, I'm hearing this so much and so often that it makes me really question, like, is that real? Is that like really happening? Or are we just over medicating our children? I know there's two sides to this because there's a side of people that have children who have ADHD and struggle with that and acknowledge it to be true. And then there's the other side. And I think I'm on the other side. And I'm just really concerned that we're over-medicating our kids. And so today we are going to talk about this. Is this real or is it imagined? And we have some very, 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 very special guests with us today. I'm going to let Dr. Vanessa Walker introduce our guest. So our first guest is my husband, Robert Walker. Hello. All righty. And... Our next guest is even more special because she's part of me and Robert, and it is Selma Walker. (laughs) (laughs) She's adorable, audience. You should just see her. (laughs) So the reason why we have these two awesome human beings on today with us is because Selma has just recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Isn't that right, Selma? Yep. Yep. Okay. And interestingly enough, so has Robert. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so my diagnosis came through because we did straight homeschool with Selma Mm -hmm. for first grade. And it was, yep, it was up to me. And there was just a lot of randomness going on where we would talk about something and then all of a sudden we were completely off track doing something completely different and... I started researching because I suspected some I had ADHD. And as I was researching, I was like, oh, a lot of these things fit me. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. instead of myself trying to diagnose myself and doing the questionnaires myself and trying to figure out if it's something that I should talk to my physician about, I had Vanessa fill out the questionnaires as if she were me. Yeah. I filled it out for him based on of observations on that I had of Robert. Wow. My, my perceptions of him. So Interesting. That, so it was, it, I, I felt I wanted it to be as objective as possible. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear that he hit all the criteria. Um, and as we were learning more about ADHD, it became very clear that Selma had all the criteria. Um, and really what that, that, that looks like to the outside Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I'm going to explain what it looks like to a parent and, you know, to a spouse. Um, and then I want both of them to kind of let us know what it's going on in their brains, yeah. what it feels like to them. So to me, it's um, specifically with Selma, um, it's watching her struggle with things like cleaning her room. Mm-hmm. She, it's, it takes a lot of executive function to say, 
I put the clothes in the hamper. I gonna gather up all the crayons. I'm gonna put them in the crayon box. I'm gonna take all the toys and put them in the toy. You have to think and plan and lay things out. And I would watch her struggle while my our son Salem, who's six, would bust into his room and be done in ten minutes. And Selma would be upset and just say, "I'm I'm just not good at this. I'm not good at this." And it was breaking my heart. And I'm going. I don't understand why she's so smart. Because this isn't a matter of, is she just not? No, she's brilliant. This mind is amazing. Right. And she can't clean her room. And it's not because she's lazy. I'm telling you, she's she would try, but she just struggles. She didn't know what to do. She got overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so little tasks like that, I would see her get overwhelmed. Or she'd forget things, you know. She wouldn't remember to brush her teeth. Or, oh, yeah, you tell her to go brush her teeth, and she'd go in her room, and she'd be playing with something else. <laughs> All these things. Mm -hmm. These are the things that we noticed about Selma. Plus very active. She's super active. She's chatty. I'm chatty. So I just thought, well, she's chatty. She's just like me. She's very chatty, super chatty to where she was actually getting asked to leave her classroom because she was chatting so much. She was disturbing the other students. Mm -hmm. So once we started seeing this, we thought, you know what? This is something that is causing some problems in her life and we need to address it. So I evaluated her, Robert evaluated her. Her teacher evaluated her and her dance teacher evaluated her. And it was very obvious she met all the criteria. Robert, what I see in Robert externally Mm -hmm. is somebody who gets overwhelmed very easily by this list he has in his brain of all the things he has to do. He's like Superman at our house, right? He is the director of household operations. This man runs the world here. And I would see him sometimes hyper-focus on something and like get lost in it, mm-hmm. a task that he would just, because he enjoyed it, he would just get lost and everything would fall to the wayside because he was focused on getting this one thing done. Or it was completely overwhelmed and actually stuck doing absolutely nothing because he couldn't get started because everything was overwhelming him. These were things that I noticed happening to him. And then mm-hmm. he noticed this happening himself. So Robert, kind of tell us in your brain what it feels like to have ADHD. So- it is, so when, when Vanessa says there's a list, mm-hmm. a list in my head, it's not a list of one through 10. It's a list of a bunch of ones and they come all at the same time. Everything's important. Everything's important and it all has to be done now. And it's the same ranking in my head. So that is majorly what weighs on me. Now, I am an attentive type. I have no hyperactivity. In <laughs> There's not a hyperactive bone in this man's body. <laughs> well, there uh, is one. He just gets overwhelmed a lot and screams at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I look back on me in second grade, which is when we both, Vanessa and I, started really seeing a lot of traits in Selma that were making her struggle. struggle, And I had a lot of those similar traits. And my teacher, that all along, my entire life, I just thought didn't like me. And I remember her having a conference with my dad early on in that year. And then him coming home and saying, yes, she wants you to be tested for ADD, but that's ridiculous. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't. And I never did poor in school. I was always on time to everything. And it was a lot of 
of just stuff that didn't match up with typical ADHD people. Or, sorry, neurodivergent people. People with neurodivergence. Sorry, people <laughs> first. See, ADHD. Anyway, um, so I look back at that and thought, if I had been evaluated and put on medication, now the medications back in the mid-80s were not that great. Mm-hmm. You had one, two choices, and they were not great. They were formulated poorly. Um, but if I had had any type of assistance, medications, therapies, I think I would have done so much better and succeeded far better than what I have succeeded in. And I wish that I had and had the tools to, to become more productive. Now with all of that, I'm not unhappy Mm -hmm. with where I ended up, but I also know that I don't want my daughter to struggle as much as I did. Yeah. And I don't want any child. Now, doing this, the, the other thing that was very significant, that was a huge thing that made me say, maybe this fits me, is everybody walks into a room to do a specific task. Mm-hmm. And they forget it. It's a situational memory that once you walk back to the other room, you remember what you're doing. Most people will walk into the room, forget what they're doing, walk back out, and then remember, and then complete that task. Mm -hmm. I would do the same thing, except for I would walk back into the other room, remember what I was supposed to do, walk in to do that, and I would see something else, and that's what I'm supposed to do, and then walk out. And I would do it several times a day, Mm. um, trying to get a specific task done. The other thing is, Doom boxes, doom piles. So there's clutter. I mean, my home office is... <laughs> His office is a giant doom yeah. room. Yes, <laughs> it is. My, my garage... Mortar house. Yes. Yeah, my, my garage workshop is a complete doom room. It has piles of stuff. Now, I don't want anybody to help me organize it because I know where everything is. Yeah. Most mm-hmm. of it is trash. <laughs> there's a lot of trash in there. And that's the other thing. I leave trash on the counter. I don't know why I do it. I just do it. It doesn't make it into the garbage can that is right underneath the counter. Like when you pour Diet Pepsi, you basically keep it on the counter instead of putting it in the re- re- recycle bin. I know. Yes. <laughs> yep. Now, let's, so let's ask, let's move to Selma. Selma, what is it like in your brain? And I want you to think back because we, we have put Selma on some medication to help her focus. When you don't take the medicine that helps you focus, what do you feel like, sweetie? Well, I sometimes feel like, I sometimes feel like, so when I'm doing, supposed to be doing something else, I would basically end up doing something else. Like, um, when I um, walk into a room, and I'm supposed to be doing something, and I look around to try to find it, and I see something else, and I start playing around with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was going into my room to make um, a car for my friend, and I saw a collection, and I stood up on my chair and looked at it. And I just 
forgot about the whole car thing. Yeah. So you get distracted. Makes it hard for you to finish a task, right? And forgetful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I one time forgot. So I was, um, so one morning I was walking into my room to do something. Mm -hmm. And then I completely forgot. And I was like, what was I going to do again? (laughs) And I just left. And then a long while later, uh, I walked back in and I said, oh, that's what I was going to do. And then I did it. (laughs) How about at school, sweetie? When you were at school, before you started using medication, what was it like for you at school? Well, um, I didn't focus so much, and I was talking about stuff I did over the weekend on Mondays or what I'm going to do on Friday on the weekend, on Fridays and stuff. And I sometimes get carried away and not pay attention so much. Okay. Now that you're on the medication, what is that like for you? Well, I'm quieter, but I'm not silent. I still have my chats. (laughs) (laughs) You'll always have your chats, kiddo. There's no way you're getting away from that. And um, instead of feel stressed and unorganized, um, I felt organized. Mm. Because, um, well, me and dad um, both need lists in order to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So instead of going, oh, I need this and that and that, and then, and then when we're doing it, we sometimes can redo something. Like when we're, like, something we're doing and we just have a list of things but no check boxes. And so we can check it off to tell what we're done. We can sometimes redo something. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, after we finish doing something, we go to something else. But the thing we did before, um, we just did, we can repeat it. Got like it. Got it. When like what you're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this circular talk. It, it's circular talking. Yes. So uh, just to, to highlight that even more, the, the forgetting that you did something. So every morning... Every night I have my medications that I take mm-hmm. that for various things. And in the morning and at night, I will take and line up on my calendar the individual medications as I'm doing my mouthwash. And line them up so that I make sure I don't take twice the medication. Because I've done it before on various medications. Some of it is good, some of it is not so good. And just doing that is part of getting the organization down. Now, again, I've only started doing this in the past few months where before it was, okay, here's the medicine in my medicine cabinet and just randomly all over the place. Now it's lined up perfectly in my medicine cabinet so that I know I just pull one bottle down at a time, Mm -hmm. take what I need, set it on the counter. Um, So, and that ensures. Now, as far as succeeding in school and all this stuff and showing up on time 
which is, again, major symptoms, um, is not doing well in school and never on time. I have anxiety. My anxiety masked a lot of symptoms Mm -hmm. because I was anxious to please people. So Mm -hmm. I got good grades. I was anxious that I was going to be late and someone was going to be angry. So I set timers. I made sure I left early and showing up early to everything. So it was anxiety masked a whole lot of things. And then other things societally we mask. So why are more kids showing up and even adults? It's because as a society, I think we're accepting more people that are not neurotypical. Yeah. So we don't have to mask and pretend we're neurotypical anymore. Um, That's, that's a, a major thing. And I think that's why we're seeing an increase is not because more people have it. It's more people are letting the masks go. Yeah. We're recognizing it. We're letting people, you know, realize what, what's going on inside their brain that there's, they're not broken, Mm -hmm. that they're not lazy, that they're not, you know, just disorganized. You'll see that at work. You know, there, there are people that will go to work and struggle to meet deadlines or to meet, and it's not because they're not trying. It's because sometimes they might have ADHD and just not be diagnosed. Um, you'll notice moms, you know, that, uh, they've been able to mask for a long time and they give birth childbirth and, ha- and having baby and having that newborn can be one of the most stressful things that can happen Absolutely. to a woman. And it takes a lot of executive functioning to make all that work. That can be that whole mommy brain mm-hmm. that could potentially be somebody who actually has ADHD and all their tricks and trades are now blown out of the window because that baby just undoes it all. Right. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's you, really um, challenging. You explained it really, you know, I thought very, very well in a way. I, I think that a lot of people will be able to grasp truly what this is about before we came on the air. So you talked about it's not replacing, but yeah. it's, it's not because one of the concerns, and I'm going to speak on the other half of this for, for parents and um, family members that I know too. One of the great concerns is that I'm medicating my kid. Uh, and I just looked at the CDC website, and um, this data is from 2019, and it said about 6 million children between the ages of 3 to 17 have been diagnosed with ADHD. So there is a concern, like, are we misdiagnosing or are we just overdiagnosing? Yeah. And as a, a friend of mine said, her struggle is, I, I don't want to put my children on this medication. And in the um, African-American community, it's a great concern. Okay. There's, there's, there's talk, there's, there's chatter about diagnosing our children and um, them. And we, we, it's African-American them. When we say them, we mean, you know, the people in the majority are diagnosing our children and having us place them on these medications. Yeah. And so it's it's not a conspiracy thing, but it's a great concern. Like our children seem to be more than others having what? this diagnosis placed on us. And I don't know because I don't have that stat in front of me, but I I would love to see that. But that is that is the that is the belief. Whether it's true or not, I don't know because I have I don't have the stat in front of me. But that is some of the talk in our community. Well, they are misdiagnosing sense. our children. Yeah, and it makes sense because you're you would feel more comfortable if your physicians reflected your community. And unfortunately, in our society, very few of our physicians are African-American. 
So you don't get the benefit of having somebody that you trust that looks like you, that has had potentially your experiences. So I have it. I do have it. Okay. This is from the CDC. It says black, non-Hispanic children and and um, white, non-Hispanic children are more often diagnosed with ADHD, 12% and 10% respectfully. Okay. It is genetic. Mm-hmm. So if you have one parent, um, you know, you're, you have a, uh, I think it was like a 30% chance. If you have two parents, you've got about a 60, 70% chance that your mm-hmm. child is going to have ADHD. So it's, it's, if it, so if you, you look at it from a genetics, mm-hmm. you know, kind of standpoint, it could be potentially one population might have it a higher prevalence than another simply because of genes, right. you know? Okay. Um, so, uh, the other, well, I will say though, with, with diagnosing and treating, right. Mm-hmm. I know there's, I was absolutely hesitant to start Selma on any medication. I didn't want anything, you know, you don't want to make a decision for your child, right, Robert? Like, yeah, it's, it's there. And, and I'll just add to that, that medication isn't the only treatment. Exactly. And it's cognitive therapy and organizational um, assistance and all this stuff are great benefits. Now we decided to do medication as a child so that we can hopefully develop over time Selma's executive function and give her abilities to to develop that so that at 18 she's able to make the decision does she want to continue on with medication or come off yeah there are so many ADHD or neurodivergent people that are on medication till the age of 18 and come off and are still remaining extremely successful and and so it, it's just giving them the opportunity, giving the the neurodivergent community the opportunity to interact in a society that was not developed for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I had another, this is ADHD. You're listening yeah. to ADHD Live. <laughs> I had another thought in my head and now it's gone. It's, It'll come uh, back in five of minutes. Course right now. Of course it will. Of course it will. And, I'll, you know, it's... Um, People, we always laugh at Robert because he, he speaks so much slow, more slowly than I do. Right. And many times I just run right over him as we're talking because I, I think he's done talking and he's just formulating a thought and it just takes longer to get out than it takes me. Right. I've spoken like a five paragraphs, the amount of time it takes him to speak a sentence. (laughs) So, and, And also remember there are lots of ADHD tendencies in everybody. The difference is, does it have a negative impact? on the way you interact with the world. Yeah. Mm, okay. So it has a negative impact on me because, and I've noticed that my anxiety has decreased in treating the ADHD. Yeah. Um, I seem to be able to stop the crazy trains of thought going in a million different directions and saying, stop, this is what we need to focus on now. Um, sorry. Um, so that that's, and major thing in Selma, yeah, I don't want her sitting outside in the hallway mm-hmm. in school when she should be in a learning environment that is much more conducive to her age level. And the other thing is, and I was totally against it from the beginning, but I came around saying when I started suspecting ADHD in Selma, we have her in a hybrid Montessori school, both of our kids. And she has succeeded more in that than she 
did with homeschool and we powered through and got a lot of information and a great homeschool program that we found. Um, or in the other more traditional school, she's had a lot more success. And it's because it is a go at your own pace. Yeah, it's follow the child. Right. That's what they, Montessori they still, is. Yep, it's a <clears throat> charter school here in California. So they still have to meet standards and teach two standards. But they each child has the ability to move at their own pace and focus on the, what they really like in their free learning time. And with, so, you know, back to, we're going to bring it on back to the medication aspect. Sorry. It's right, okay. Right. It's okay. Um, we're, this, this, is, this is what it's like living with ADHD. We're going to bring it back to the original point. The original point was about the medication. And yes. so when we made the decision to do the medication, you, we, it was not that we are adding something to Selma. I'm not giving her something that she, to, to, you know, I'm, I'm replacing something that she doesn't have. And what she doesn't have and what Robert doesn't have is enough neurotransmitters in their brain to help their executive functioning work. And we can see it there, there are, when you do MRIs, there's functional differences in their way their brains work on MRIs. So this is something that has been proven scientifically occurs or structural differences in the brain for people with ADHD. So in order to help them survive in a neurotypical world, which is designed for those of us without ADHD to succeed, mm -hmm. we need to give them the tools that they need to succeed in that world. And that means allowing them to have enough of those neurotransmitters for the executive functioning in their brain to work better. So medications, all they do, the, the, the stimulant medications, all they really do is just increase the amount of neurotransmitters, increase the amount of norepinephrine and dopamine available for their brain to function well. So for example, right now, Selma is on a stimulant and this child is sitting very quietly, very still and paying attention and listening and focusing and participating in this podcast, huh, kiddo? She shook her head instead yeah. of saying yes. Yeah. You, can't hear you. They can't hear you, kiddo. Can't hear head shakes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's amazing. And, and Selma, do you feel like yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Are you happier since you've started the medication? Yep. Why? Well, it's because I was more scrambled in without the medication. I was going all over the place like a wacky doodle. <laughs> <laughs> Great yeah. description. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, a wacky to another doodle. thing, yeah. to another thing, and another thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. We could see it. We yeah. could see it happening. Mm -hmm. In dance class, our teachers would say she could be a great dancer if she could just focus. And so now this year, she's able to focus. She's able to go to dance class and, and do exactly what the teacher says. And this is my third year for of ballet one ballet. I know. I don't know why I'm still in ballet one. Well, probably because you couldn't po you couldn't yes. focus before, and now you can focus this year. So maybe we'll get to ballet two. Yes, I <laughs> I, I do think you will. So patient, sweetie. Was so was it a tough decision for you and Robert to decide to put on a medication? Oh yeah, you had some reservations, so you can yeah, understand some when parents have reservations. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're making a decision. Obviously, you're not for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're making a decision for your child, like you, which we do all the time, right? We do that right. all the time. Right. But this isn't like what food I'm going to give them, or you know what dresses they're going to wear. This it, no, this is a chemical that I'm going to give that has side effects. It can cause headache. It can make her tummy hurt. It can, you know, there's other things that it can do. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, just be vigilant and 
if you decide to, to put your child or yourself on a stimulant, just be vigilant and don't rely on the medical professional to know how your child is doing. If you have trouble remembering or keeping track, just write little notes to yourself. To, and that's what I do mm-hmm. um, of any behaviors that you want to see or want to bring up to your physician so that they can make adjustments. And it just takes time yeah. to get the medication at a, an appropriate level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the right well, you, medication. You mention, the right we, medication. We did a change one day. We, you know, we thought, well, this medication isn't lasting long enough. And so maybe if we tra- change this other medication, which is supposed to last longer, she'll do well. We changed it to her and, and she was a totally different person. She was very, agitated and angry and mean and fighting and it was just awful and she even said to me she looked him up and she said mom when is this medication gonna wear off she knew it was wrong for her really yeah and and with the right stimulant medication you don't have to keep a therapeutic level you don't if you don't take it one day it's okay the next day exactly It'll work like you never stop taking it. Yeah. So, These drugs aren't something like, you know, with an antidepressant, right. right? You need to build it up in your body over time. And if you were to come off of it, you need to come off slowly because it can cause some issues. The stimulants don't work that way. You can you can have holidays. You can be off over the weekend if you don't like the way it makes you feel, you know, for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. But with her, she prefers being on it because it makes her feel focused and able to do what she wants to do. And, and one of the complaints that... Uh, some I had that I experienced when I switched over to a stimulant um, was that she felt tired after taking it. Which is so weird, right? So, Everybody thinks yeah. stimulant, you're going to be yeah. crazy. Right. Yeah. No, right. they it's, felt tired. Yeah, it's no. different. But it the, the, your brain feels slow. It wasn't like tired, tired. I just felt more slowed down. Mm-hmm. I wasn't all like, I wasn't, running all over the place. I cock my brain calmed down and I just moves in a slower pace instead of going rapidly around stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she moved at normal speed. Right. Not ADHD speed. Yeah. So and that was what I noticed. And then when I first took it, I'm like, man, why do I feel tired? Why does it feel like I am not getting anything done? I look at my watch and I had done a good amount and an hour and a half and more than I ever accomplished uh, before medication. And it was, oh, it's because I'm having one thought and completing one task at a time. Yeah. I'm not bouncing around to different things and trying to do multiple things and then hyper fixating. That has slowed down a lot. I still do it. I like my hyper fixation. I mean, it's, and that's the thing. I think that the other thing I've, really come to appreciate with this diagnosis after having read so much about it, right? That's what doctors do. When something happens, I'm like, I am now an ADHD expert. I've done a fellowship <laughs> via reading. I mean, I've read so many books now and journal articles and oh my God. Um, uh, so the thing that I have noticed is that there is no other psychiatric diagnosis that has positives, that has amazing positives. And that's what I really want to take home and I want, and I want to send Selma home with. Yes. Um, I love, there's a, an amazing book called ADHD 2.0 and I, I can't remember the authors, but they're amazing. And, um, they said that, um, having ADHD is like having a Ferrari brain with bicycle brakes. And I love that because that's what they have. They have the most amazing brains. They can do the most amazing things. They can do things and see things in a way that I can never imagine doing. 
And so all we want to do as parents and spouses and, you know, loved ones and friends of people that are um, diagnosed with ADHD or patients that have, or people that have, that are, are neurodivergent mm-hmm. is support them so that they can be their best self, like yeah. their best version of themselves. Yeah. Live their lives on 10. Live their lives on 10. Yes. And that's what we're trying to help. That's what Robert and I are like trying to help Selma do. And find your ADHD superpower. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The authors of ADHD 2.0 yeah. is Edward Hollowell uh-huh. and John Ratty. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both physicians, okay. psychiatrists that yes. actually have ADHD themselves. ADHD. And they, it's a, it's a fantastic book. Um, and, uh, there's so many books and there's so many people and there's so many people on TikTok. This has become oh, like yeah. a huge thing. I think a lot of people are losing their minds on TikTok with to all the ADHD TikToks, you know, bombarding their feeds, oh, Okay, mm-hmm. but some of them are really amazing. Right. So it's just best to filter out so that you don't get crazy stuff that yeah. it doesn't really make sense. Look for people who on TikTok who have PhDs mm-hmm. who that have ADHD themselves. Um, there's a great Canadian comedian that has ADHD and it's just fun to watch him try to live in this world. Um, and there's a lot of stuff he does that you probably shouldn't have your kids watching. But, uh, <laughs> it is really funny to see how his brain works and a lot of things of, oh, I've done that before. Yeah. No, it's it. So I think... Really the take-home message is that for those of you that think you might have ADHD, Mm -hmm. investigate it, Um, you know, look into it and see if it's something that's going on because there are things that you can do and it may not be medication, but there's techniques and books and strategies that can make your life better. Mm -hmm. And then for parents with children that they are concerned they might have ADHD, get them evaluated and, and, Mm -hmm. and get them the help that they need because unfortunately the if you have ADHD and you are not treated and it's not recognized, your child will have a higher rate of depression, anxiety. Um, Our prisons and jails are filled with people with undiagnosed ADHD. Um, You know, it's, it's, they need help. And once you help them, you can help them become the most remarkable people. And that's what we want to do. Like I'm Uncle Grant. Yeah. yeah my, my, my brother, you know, he was a, our guest on this show yes, and talked yes. about his struggles yes. with um, you know, drug addiction. And it was because he had undiagnosed ADHD. Yeah. That was not the only reason, but it was a trigger, I think, mm-hmm. a driving factor that led to his anxiety and depression. It was he had classic, we look back now, inattentive ADD. Like he, he was so inattentive and lost in this world when he was a young kid. Wow. We just didn't even recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important. It's important to not let this diagnosis um, go by. Be vigilant and watch your kids. So before we sign off, um, do you want do you have any last words, Selma, to the audience? What would you like to say to the audience? Well, um, if any kids who are diagnosed and are listening listening to this, or um, aren't diagnosed, and um, they're and your parents are suspicious that you have ADHD, um. I'm supporting you. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really, Robert and I right now are like, check. Yes. That was a total yes. mom and dad yeah. win right there. Yes. Yeah. I felt that in my heart. Thank Seriously. That was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you for so much, that. sweetie. That oh, beautiful. my God. Robert, uh, last words to the audience. So I would say for adults, if you su- suspect 
that you have ADHD, there are tons of evaluations you can do online. I would recommend you taking it yourself and then don't tell a loved one how you did on it and say, hey, could you fill this out as if it were me? so that you can have a better understanding because we can, as individuals, we can look at, Oh, what are the symptoms? And we can make ourselves fit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I love that idea of having your partner. Yeah. Observe you. Yes. <laughs> wow. What a, what a great, what a great beginning for you. Yeah. Selma. What a, what a great story. I, I love this. This is a success story to me already. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for being open and sharing your experience. It's amazing. Uh, You, you, um, you have amazing parents, so I'm not surprised at all that you (laughs) are cut from the very same cloth. Thank you. And thank you, Robert, as well. I don't want to forget you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Audience, I hope you just had some great takeaways from this conversation. I I know I felt it was rich. It was informative and it was just bound in love. That's right. Yes. As always, as always, live your life on 10, your 10. Bye-bye and see you next time.